To me, magic is hope. It's joy. It's pure, pure passion. It's a feeling that we can create a better earth. It's the sparkle behind people's eyes. Magic is that secret ingredient to getting through those tougher days, and it's the thing that makes dreams actually seem possible. Welcome to an absolute passion project of mine, a collection of conversations telling the stories of people making magic real. Hello and welcome back to another exciting episode of Making Magic Real. I'm so excited to share today's chat and before we start I also just love to say thank you so much to everyone that has sent in messages to let me know that you've enjoyed previous episodes. That means the world and I'm so glad that you're getting things from these conversations because I love recording them and editing them and yeah I just love the experience of doing a podcast. So today's chat is with David Faulkner who you may know as Mr Crystal Face and he is just an incredible soul and pen artist extraordinaire. I remember stumbling across his work on Instagram almost 10 years ago now which is so crazy. I was about 15 or 16 and I was just starting to dive into pen art and was completely mind blown. His work over the past few years has just, yeah, he's just been such a massive inspiration for my own pen art journey, especially in just showing what's actually possible to create and achieve with pen. David's art now mixes a blend of pen and digital art and it just opens all these doorways to other realms for us all to step into to experience a whole new land of creatures and curiosities and friendly trees and stories. And if you haven't seen his work yet and you're not driving, jump online and search Mr. Crystal Face so you can take a bit of a deep dive into the depths of these magic realms. In today's conversation, we chat about how art became his full-time job and also a valuable tool to traverse through the tricky terrain of insomnia while growing up. We also have story time, which I love, as David reads the first part of his story. He's writing for a picture book he's creating called No Man Is Outside Where Your Door Used To Be. The Bomies also get to listen to the story as well. And you may have seen my Bodangle Jojo, my Instagram stories. He always wears a little neat in a hat and comes to the markets. And David happened to be gifted one from the crowd muffins who make them a few weeks before. So yeah, they got to sit on the table and listen to the podcast and story time. And I'll tag the Bodangles Instagram in case you'd like to go on a little Bodangle side quest. (laughs) It was also divine timing too, I feel like, that we got to record the podcast just as we were both heading to Drag Dreaming to have our art in the festival gallery there and that in itself was just such an amazing experience to get to see David's work one in real life and then two just get to witness the joy and pure excitement people got from standing in front of his huge pieces and just losing themselves in the world that he's created so yeah I'm so excited let's jump in so welcome to episode 16 of making magic real I'm so excited to be sitting in your humble abode having chat with you and getting to meet you excited to be here it's great to great to meet you yeah love your art as well it's incredible really really good thank you so much (laughs) (laughs) yeah I came across your work when I was literally like 15 or 16 oh wow in the world of Instagrams which you know Instagram has its place and I remember I just started doing pen because we did like a pen topic in school and I was just like loving it I was like you know draw little islands with like tiny people as bridges and I was like oh this is so fun but the work Zed kind of showed us in class were just of like pen examples we're just like drawn out faces which were really cool but like very plain Mm. and then I remember 
like being on Instagram and coming across your works and it just mind melted me I was like whoa this just opened up a whole new portal of like what you can actually do with pen oh thank because, you yeah so I was just like you can draw like I was originally like very basic tiny things but I was like wow you can draw so many tiny things and it was just like look at all the tiny things it's you drawing and like <laughs> yeah I just remember being so inspired by your works and like even putting my works went into like the gallery thing for year 12 and like they're like artists inspired and I was like Mr. Crystal oh, Bay. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry to hear that. that yeah. yeah. That means a lot. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was really amazed with what you can do with pens as well. Like you just, there's so many different ways to use them. Yeah. And what I really like using is the little micron pens. Oh, cool. um, little felt tip micron pens as they get older they get more fine you really? can just go more and more and more fine as they as they age like they are these like, like a japanese or an english pen yeah One japanese okay. sakura is the brand okay. um you check them out i definitely yeah look at them they're, they're so good <laughs> love them they're amazing cool i've tried different mediums i've always tried watercolor gouache tried acrylic tried oils for a bit but i've always come back to pens i really there's something about them that is really fun and if anyone hasn't seen your art style which you know if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it mr crystal face instagram or website <laughs> is where you need to be going but yeah how would you personally describe your art style well, i always start by saying it's very detailed kind of fantasy fairy tale it's got dark elements but it's not all dark it's not all Quiet and happy. I kind of think it's quite realistic, maybe, about mm. the world. People aren't always smiling. No. Um, it's a bit up and down. So I life. do. I want to like dive into your life details, but I want to start the podcast with what does magic feel like to you? Yeah. We're on making magic real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was thinking about it. I guess there's a few ways you could. A few ways I look at it, and one way would be it's this feeling of like not knowing where I'm going, but knowing that I'm going somewhere good, being confident and content with wherever it is that I'm going, but not really knowing exactly what mm. that is. And I feel that in life sometimes, and I feel that in art sometimes. It's like, usually with art, it's in the beginning when I'm adding the pencil, and it's exciting. It's this really beautiful, content, exciting feeling of just going off on an adventure. And the other way I look at it is when I'm making art, it feels like I'm kind of connecting to something more than my regular consciousness is aware of. This feeling of connecting to something else. And it feels familiar, but mm. I can't really explain it in words. I don't really know exactly what it means, but it's coming out through me. Yeah, I love that. And I definitely relate to that in that, you know, when you create, it feels so big, like that source energy that yeah you can't put words on yeah but it's just like so expansive and yeah it has so many stories to tell and like so much to share yeah, and yeah. there's so much to it yeah mm. and I think every artist does that and yeah. every artist has their own world that they're expressing it's a beautiful thing I think mm. it's great I love that answer thank you <laughs> <laughs> so having this like yeah this magic and allowing yourself to just like create in this unknown and yeah having art just like fill up your life like when you look back over your life so far from like a bird's eye view like looking back at everything you've done where were the moments like the biggest catalyst of change where you're like that really directed me on the path I'm on today like was there was it little things or was it maybe something bigger that happened mm. or was it just a general kind of like uphill growth and like being a creative child well, I've always loved art and my parents are super supportive of art. My dad was an artist. 
he's retired now. What art did he do? Mostly animals for for mm. um, for books. Cool. He did a lot of work for publishing companies and yeah. scientific illustrating. So like really detailed, exactly. Yeah, yeah, very detailed. That's how he got me onto these these pens. Mm. So he's always both parents have always been supportive of, of art and encouraging me to do it. And my mom writes picture books. She does like cool. children's picture books and things. So she's really creative too. She loves photography. So I've got creative parents and I'm really lucky to have that because a lot of parents discourage their children mm. to do art and encourage them to do something that will 100% make money. But I think also, I was thinking about it a few weeks ago, I was thinking about where it actually came from, why I was so drawn to it. And I think part of it was um, dealing with insomnia. Mm. So insomnia has always been really bad for me, but it was especially bad when I was a kid and a teenager. And it would take me sometimes, like, sometimes I wouldn't sleep at all. Other times it'd be like at least five hours to get to sleep. And yeah. it became this thing where whenever I couldn't sleep, I'd just draw. And so I eventually became kind of excited about going to bed because then <laughs> I could draw. I could do arcs. I'd have school all day, doing homework in the nighttime. I wouldn't have any time to myself unless I was not sleeping. So Yeah, it's got like a big double life. Like, yeah. <laughs> you have like two whole days in one day. Yeah. Just minus a sleep. Yeah, totally. You know, <laughs> lack of sleep is not good, but yeah. at least I got more do- more stuff done. Yeah, so I'll just draw and mm. you know, you're alone, there's no one around, there's no, there's yeah. nothing distracting you, it's night time, it's quiet mm. and you can just go into your own little world. And so I th- I think that mm. was a big part of it for me. I don't know, I, I have this relationship to art where I just feel so content and happy doing it. It's my happy place. Yeah. And I think that came about through just using it as a kind of a r- relief from mm. insomnia, which was quite difficult. I feel like too, like, I haven't had insomnia, but I don't even find, like, if I'm tired and I start drawing, because it is, like, that source energy mm. channel opening up, then you're not tired. Mm. Like, you're just having all that energy kind of like pour through you and you kind of feel like replenished but then you probably yeah, wouldn't need to sleep then because you're like I feel so full because I've been drawing for like 12 hours yeah totally you, you go to mm. some strange places yeah you know, the lack of sleep yeah it definitely took me to some weird states of mind that really did inspire where I'm going now definitely felt very connected to this world that I hadn't actually experienced yet yeah and I, I saw little like glimpses of it back then, back in the very beginning, and I saw little glimpses of where I could be in the future. Cool. And so, yeah, I definitely had moments where it was like this feeling of, um, I've got so much I want to do, I haven't done it yet, but I've got to do it. Yeah, and with the, like, kind of like the realms you connect into, do you ever find, do you ever hallucinate parts of them or like hear parts of them or like not having sleep does it ever blend like into this waking world so yeah how are you finding that with like not much sleep there was definitely some moments yeah (laughs) there was a period where yeah I didn't get much sleep at all Mm. and reality started to distort a little bit and I'd be drawing in my drawing book and I was seeing like portals going through the book and (laughs) through the pages and I was adding to those portals by like drawing a little door and like cutting out the hole <laughs> to the next page and uh, it's, it's very interesting it's, mm. it's very different it's quite transcendent in a way and that was where I first started to create little characters that I'd 
put throughout all my art now. Like I was doing a little rabbit, Alice in Wonderland yeah. style. Um, had like a little character, little no man guy that I draw, with a little scribbly, spirally face. Does he go in everyone? He goes in pretty much most of them, yeah. He's, he's, he's like the guide. He's the guide, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's the guide. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, so I'm working on a story about him. Make a picture book called The No Man Is Outside Where Your Door Used To Be. The name's inspired by this dream that my friend had about yeah. me. In the dream, he had this knocking on the door and I was outside and I just said to him, the, the No Man Is Outside Where Your Door Used To Be. And he said it was a really freaky dream, like he felt it had a message to it yeah. about him having to go out and get out of his comfort zone and do things and cool. so that's kind of what the book's about is getting out of your comfort zone and yeah going back to when I was first getting into art mm-hmm. and not sleeping much I think that was that was just the moment those those times where I was creating all these different works that was at a time where I did need to get out and do things again and experience the world have you found now, like the last few years with your insomnia, is it still the same? Like, do you uh, still have the same? Like, do you have you kept that pattern throughout life where you like like to just draw all night still, or have over time has it changed? It's gotten so much better now. I have a lot of sleep rituals, and I won't look at blue light before yeah. bed. I try and meditate for a bit. I'll not drink caffeine. Like, I don't drink caffeine anymore. Don't drink alcohol. Uh, you know those sort of sleep hygiene things. Yeah. Cool. And try and change the way I look at. Like, this is recent, actually, where I've been trying to change the way I look at sleep. So it's always a, it's been a constant thing, but it's definitely got a lot better. Mm. Um, trying to change the way I look at the bedroom as mm. being like you can just lie down, relax. You don't have to fall asleep. It's okay. Um, but yeah, it still takes me anywhere from an hour to can be like four to five hours. So five hours was a good night when I was a teenager. And <laughs> Five hours now is a bad night, so I've definitely improved. Yeah, but it's still there. But mm. yeah, it's it's not so much now that I will draw at night time or anything like that. I'm pretty. I, I like to start art at nine nine yeah. a.m. Go until maybe like seven p.m. Mm. What else do you do from nine to seven? Yeah. Do you set yourself like a work week? Like, will you like be like right Monday to Friday kind of vibes, or will you do it like as you feel fit? Yeah, Monday to Friday, and then. Saturday is like a just do whatever kind of thing. I can do art, just play around with different ideas, like not so like trying to get work done, but like hang out with friends and draw, something like that. Because yeah. I just enjoyed, I enjoyed doing it. Um, so I may as well keep doing it. Yeah. Um, That's <laughs> I do with, like when I catch up with my friends, like, want to catch up and paint? Or, like, yeah. keep doing art? <laughs> I love that. It's so yeah, much fun. Yeah, make like little earth art things together or just, yeah. Because yeah, then you're still, I know art's just such a beautiful tool, yeah, to do by yourself. But when you're catching up with people... It's just such a nice thing that doesn't make the conversation have to be the centre of the attention. Mm. Like, you can just create and flow and chat between and then it kind of can fade off and, yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. I love doing that. So, in 2016, when you started, you decided, like, yeah, I'm going to do this, like, full-time. What avenues were you... What things were you doing that were, like, bringing income? Like, were you doing markets? Was it from, like, festival art? Was it all online? Like... What was your life looking like at that time? Yeah, so the online presence was getting better. Before that, I wasn't so proactive with selling things. Yeah. And 2016 was when I was just like, okay, I'm actually going to try and sell stuff. I'm going to make money. Yeah. Um, yeah, doing doing festival galleries and little markets here and there. But, but mostly for me, it was online, mm. selling things online. I found there's a, like, there's a lot of... 
people willing to purchase the art that I make from America. Interesting. Um, Australia, it's still good, but it's yeah. like that's not the best for me. Mm -hmm. Most of my supporters, at least financially, are from America. Yeah. I think there's more of a, a scene up there. How did your work make it through there? Like, did you go traveling there or was it just like natural flow of the online realm? Or? Yeah, just the online realm. I haven't, yeah, cool. I haven't been there. I went there when I was younger, but not for art or anything. It's just yeah. going with my family. I'd love to visit someday. Yeah, um, so would you go someday for art? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like go to all my art. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I'd really like to do that. I think just spreading it out, you know, spreading mm -hmm. out, trying to see whatever works, be open to open to different opportunities, whatever whatever comes your way, you know, follow it through, see what happens. There's a lot of ways where you, you make money through through your art, different merch ideas and, and things like that, where you, you start it and you're, you're thinking, oh, this isn't going to work. Why would people buy this? And, and I wouldn't do. buy this. Yeah, and then people do. Like, I couldn't afford to, to buy this, therefore other people can't. Yep. And that's not how it works. People have more money than us. Like, we're, we're artists. We... We don't have much money, but other people do. Isn't that such a weird mind frame? Like, I always catch myself doing that, being like, oh, I can't afford it. Like, I have to keep it so cheap because I don't have any money yeah. at the moment. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, my God, people are buying. You're like, thank you so much. But to them, it, like, might be, like, yeah, no money at all. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah what's your merch at the moment? Like, what do you have that probably, like, sells so the most? Fabric banners sell the most for me. Mm. Leggings sell quite well. Um... I've got stickers, which have been actually doing really good yeah, cool. too. They, they go well at festivals especially. Mm. I've got jumpers and shirts and crop tops. and I had some uh, like dust masks that I was selling. Yeah, cool. They were good. They went well, especially these, these days. Yeah, <laughs> mask <city. laughs> Yeah, so people want like a colourful mask, you know, if you got to yeah. wear a mask, you can wear a colourful one. Yeah. Yeah, with all these things, they're all experiments where I just like mm. see what happens. I, like... Leggings, you know, I, I think leggings are cool and I, mm. I'd wear leggings, but they're not something I'd like invest money into, yep. especially, <laughs> but they went well, you yeah. know, I tried them out, they went good, so yeah, I think it's good to just try, try yeah, things. And and, and yeah, cause originally I was just selling prints and prints were great, but there's mm. only so much money you can make from them and yeah. then I had a friend who printed some of my stuff onto these vinyl banners and I remember the first one I sold, I sold at this festival and it was for quite, like, to me, it was, it was a lot of money. This guy bought it. How much was it? How much did he buy it for? $700. Oh, my God. I was yeah, like, wow, like, this is crazy. <laughs> I couldn't, I didn't have that much money in my yeah. bank account. <laughs> and he, he was, he's super supportive. I don't know if you know, um, Gary, the recycler, he, he does all the recycling oh. for festivals, but um, he would display that, that, big vinyl banner at all the parties that he went to. That's so good. Yeah, yeah, so it was, it was awesome. I'd, I'd go to these parties, like, oh, there's that banner I made. <laughs> That's so cool. Just, yeah. like, travel around with it everywhere you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah he, he would take it with him everywhere and display it, and it was so nice to see. And yeah. So I started making vinyl banners for a while, but they didn't sell that well. People didn't buy them, and I was like, oh, okay, well, this was like a one-off sale kind of thing. Yeah. And then, I can't remember what made me decide to, but I just thought, oh, well, maybe I should try fabric banners, because you mm. can fold them up, they're light, you can bring them with you. And, yeah, when I started making them, they started selling really mm. well. And 
I think everyone has their own things that work for them in terms mm. of merchandise as an artist. But you never pick it. Yeah, you don't know. Yeah, you don't it's, know it's literally just like testing things. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. Or some things they don't go when you like first launch them out and then like randomly like when you're like, okay, I can't do much with them now. And then like, I'll just try and sell them one more time. And they just all go and you're like, wait, were these a thing? Like, are these a thing now? Like, yeah. Totally. It's, it's strange. It's very weird. Yeah, you can't pick it. Can't pick it. Yeah, no. it's unpredictable. It's exciting. It's fun. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little game. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's totally like, it's a little game for sure. Mm. So with all the works you've created, because you have created so, so many, like you've created an intense amount of work which probably the, the sleepless nights probably helped. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Out of, like, all your pieces, which piece to use, like, the most, like, personally profound? Like, you know, you just, like, as an artist, you always, you know, you always just personally have that one piece you look at and you're like, ah, oh, that just, like, holds so much for me or, like, mm. yeah. So if you'd like to chat about, like, what the piece is called, what it kind of looks like, and then, like, yeah, your attachment or, like, journey with it. I guess I, I feel quite connected to most of my stuff there's like something mm. there that I feel really attached to they're all from different stages in my life different phases and I can look at them and be like oh yeah that was when I was going through this and then this happened and um, I guess the one that I feel most proud of and most happy about and also that, that definitely brought change in me would be a picture called duality where it's yeah. a three-eyed face with three noses and the original is um, almost three meters. It's nine, Whoa. like eight one sheets of paper stuck together. Whoa, that's <laughs> crazy! Wait, nine A one. So you worked individually on each sheet. Yeah, yeah. And then like drew them together. Do you still have it? Do you keep it? Yeah, yeah. I can yeah. show you. Show you oh, after yeah, this. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, got them all. I'm, I'm gonna get them framed. I want to oh. do a solo show with them, solo exhibition. Get them all. It's is that expensive. your first solo exhibition? Yeah, yeah. I haven't done a solo exhibition yet. That's so. Exciting. Hopefully, hopefully get that going soon. Yeah. We'll see, see what happens. But yeah, yeah, I'll show cool. them to you. Um, yeah. But yeah, so so that one, that was my first major big artwork that that mm. took three years. I drew that at a time when I was really just struggling on the concept of suffering in the world, mm. and it was like this anxiety and depression kind of thing where I, I just couldn't get it, the idea that someone's suffering really badly right now at this moment mm. and it really started to affect me. That kind of just like made you feel like it was hard to live your own life knowing that? Yeah it was it was just hard to get the idea out of my head that mm. this world isn't fair you know mm. like we have it nice where we are Mm. or sometimes we don't have it great or whatever but and there's always someone who has it worse mm. and I'd be on the bus and I'd see all these people and it, it just seemed so sad and bored mm. and I'd see people walking down the street and like oh they seem so alone or mm. um, I don't know it was, it was like thinking about the suffering was making me suffer it was the time where I started to see that yeah, life just isn't isn't equal. You know, things are just things are the way they are, and yeah. um, so I thought, well, I may as well draw a picture about it. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, how do I cope with this immense <laughs> amount of pain? It's debilitating. <laughs> Make art. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so. The gift we were given. <laughs> And it was great. I, I started drawing 
And so the basic idea was that I'd put all the suffering on one side of the picture, mm. and all the happiness on the other side, and then the middle would be neutral. So it'd be like a duality face. Mm. And just observing the suffering rather than try to like worrying about it or you know, making it different in my head, just, just looking at it and be like, this, this, this and this, and yeah. think about it and put it on the paper and just let it be what it is. It really helped. It really made me feel better about the whole situation. And I guess it, it helped me sort of see the world as in a, in a bit of a different way and everything casts a shadow. You know, that, that whole, that saying that mm. greatest light casts the biggest shadow without the suffering it wouldn't have joy and, mm. and bliss and peace and we wouldn't appreciate those things if we didn't have suffering um and i think too when you are born like i've definitely especially last few years like that's definitely been a thing that's been coming up for me too just like you know you hear certain stories come up and certain things coming up more and you're like oh my god like you're so such an intense amount of suffering it's like mm-hmm. so painful and then you like, you look at your life and you're like oh, i'm just living so like frivolously compared to that and then you're like okay like why was i given why am I in this position, this life? And it's like, why, like maybe, yeah, then having art as a tool, you can like almost help energetically transmute some of the suffering that someone else can't carry. Like mm. that's what I was imagining. I'm like, mm. someone else can't carry it right now. And that's why I'm in so much pain. Like I'm like, my soul feels like it's been like ripped apart. Or like, I'm just like, I'm internally dying because mm. I'm in so much grief. But nothing's happening to me. And my world's fine. <laughs> but yeah, someone else can't carry it. So it's like, then we have to transmute out. Yeah, art, yeah. Um, is another. That's yeah. that's a really interesting way to, to look at it, and then yeah. someone sees it and they relate to it and they appreciate it. They connect with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because we're all connected in a big, you know. Yeah, we're all there. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely, definitely, and we all have our place. We all got our reason for being here. Yeah. Yeah, I love like all the stories you like weave through all your works. Thanks. And I, I know I'd love to dive into like if you'd like to share yeah. a snippet of a story. I think you mentioned you're writing a, a book. Doing a picture book. Yeah. yeah. If you'd like to read or yeah, yeah. call it. Should um, I should I um I can bring um I can read the, the one from the picture book? Like yeah. Oh my god, you can read the picture book to the Bomies. Ah uh, yes, story time. A little bow So this one is the no man is outside where your door used to be, and so the no man is the character. I draw him in most of my pictures. He's got like a little tendril face thing, mm. um, and the idea behind him is that he's kind of like just the self, but like the observer um, without time. Like he's just staying in the present moment and mm. appreciating what what you're experiencing but then there are some of like there's so there's multiple no men there's like thousands of them and they're all wandering around and kind of doing their thing and some of them don't want to be like that and the way I see it I kind of think at least I remember when I was a kid I was very present I remember just being in the moment Mm. that I wanted to be an adult I wanted to grow up and so I think some of the nomads are kind of like that, where they, they want to be something more and they want to grow up, they want their own sense of self. Mm. So nomads don't really have a sense of self or ego. So yeah, some of them go around looking for like a mask to wear that will give them a sense of self. Mm. Um, so this one, this story is about one of those nomads who wants a mask to wear. There once was a man who wasn't really a man at all. 
The no-man, he was called, and he was the first of his kind. This curious creature had no face, and its place was an undulating, smoky tendril that moved with the wind. He had no mouth and could only speak through his mind, although most of the time he didn't have much to say. The no-man spent his days sitting beneath a kind and ancient tree. He lived in peace beneath the tree's canopy. His mind resided with resided within the space between past and future, so he couldn't remember much of what happened before he arrived at the tree, and he didn't often bother to imagine what would come after. The tree would tell him stories, lengthy tales of tragedy and hope, forgotten cities, powerful godlike beings, kings, angels and demons, things that only an old tree would know about. Tree seers, they are called, and to befriend one is a very special thing indeed. Most would never speak to you. The tree seer was very fond of the faceless man and would sometimes hold an expression of melancholy in its eyes as it gazed out at the forest in which it resided. It was as though it knew something was to happen, but the wise perennial being never told the no-man what this could be and the no-man felt it was improper to ask. One day, while sitting in his usual contemplative pose, fondling a red rose, Faceless man thought about how he had always liked flowers. They were special to him, but he never knew whether to, he should pluck the flower from its roots and put it somewhere to accentuate its beauty, or to let it be so it could live out its life the way a flower should. He thought about his own life, at least the parts he could remember, and he realized he had never truly made a real decision before. When speaking to the tree seer about this, the tree smiled and said, it's okay, little no-man, for you are free of all consequence. Your inability to decide leaves you open to infinite possibility. Look at my roots. They bind me to the unmoving ground. But you have perfectly good feet and can move wherever you wish. At this moment, all the no-man could ever remember wanting was a purpose to call his own. A seemingly small desire in the grand scheme of things, but one full of consequence. The no-man thought back to something the tree had said long ago. Now in this world between worlds, said the tree, there exist many strange and intricate anomalies. One such anomaly is known as the self. The self is a mask of personality. They attach themselves to consenting participants. They grow naturally, but are often hard to find depending on where you are. However, it is said that there are a few individuals out there who know how to create them. Each self is unique. When you wear it, you embody the qualities of that mask. Two become one, and you are bound to fulfill the requirements of its ego. But beware, little no-man. Once you don that self, it is no easy task to remove it. Upon thinking on this, it was decided. The no-man made the first decision he could ever remember making. He would find a self. The next day, the no-man said a cautious farewell to the wise old tree, and gave it a long hug, careful not to say where he would go, or what he was to do. He did not want to risk having the tree change his mind. The tree seer was sad to see him go, but there was a look in its eye that suggested it knew this would happen all along, and that everything was as it should be. Farewell, little no-man, said the tree. You are forever welcome beneath my canopy. And so the no-man left on his quest to find a self. And leave it at that. It's like the first...
chapter. I love it so much. I'm in this world now. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. It's so much fun writing these things. Yeah. Getting inside the world. Beautiful writer. You're a beautiful writer. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much. It's just so... Yeah, you can just tell when people are meant to write things because it's so eloquent and like every word is just meant to be there. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm, I'm okay at writing. I'm mm. not good at talking. I'm trying to get better at the talking. The writing is, is nice. I really like mm. it. I like how you can make words rhyme a little bit, give it like a kind yeah. of a flow to it all. That's the Bomies loved it too. Oh, I can, <laughs> I can tell. Jojo's like, look thanks for reading stories. <laughs> yeah, they look so stoked. Got center stage. <laughs> when did your book come out? I don't know. I, I haven't. When do you I'm feel it's going to come out? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck on a few points with it. There's a few parts where I'm, I'm not sure. Like where in to the go. writing itself or like the publishing side of it? Oh, in the, in the story, yeah. And I also have more artworks to do for it. Mm. I kind of have taken a bit of a break from it recently. We'll come back to it here and there with little things, but I don't know yet. I'm hoping, hoping soon, next Maybe few you years. Maybe like book yourself in like a self like <laughs> writer's retreat like just like like book an, book an airbnb that's really like magical seeming or like a big tree house mm. and just be like i'm dedicating this time and just like see if it wants to play that's a good idea if i if i go away from all the other artworks that i have <laughs> so then i don't get distracted and they're not chattering to you yeah leave me alone yeah that's a good idea i should do that mm. just dedicate time and space to this one thing yeah so yeah. i can read the rest of it <laughs> <laughs> no i'd be so keen to buy a copy when that comes oh thank out. you thanks yeah. yeah i can show you more that i've got i've got like little story little pictures and things that i've been oh, working cool. on yeah i'd love to see them stories just like my brain just like absorbing <laughs> <everything>. <laughs> stories are great i love stories yeah it's interesting to think about why why we like stories mm. um yeah i guess there's something about creating a world creating a little world i love doing it it's fun it's mm -hmm. great and some i guess you're kind of like being your own little god your own little creator and <laughs> they say that they was, i heard a priest talking about how he thought that god loved stories or something he was talking about like god loves stories he loves to hear stories that's why he created humanity and that's the meaning of life is stories that's why there's a bible yeah that's why there's <laughs> a bible story book ever. all these messed up stories of yeah. god being a dick to people <laughs> it's not just did it for the story <laughs> yeah i just wanted the story yeah. i didn't actually want the guy to kill his son i just wanted you know yeah. <laughs> this one you guys would be story. absolutely riveted as you read that <laughs> <laughs> just an ultimate page turner <laughs> Yeah, so many. Even just like we all collect little books, like books are the most comforting thing. And mm. just having them, like I have so many books in my room. So I'm like, oh, it's just surrounded by stories. It's just you know, comforting. Yeah, I know what yeah. you mean. Little worlds, little portals, mm. portals into other places. Yeah. Before we wrap up today, what is your like visions for the future? Like where do you, like what's your biggest dream or your most like outlandish dream for what you're doing yourself mm, world domination world domination yeah I just wanna, straight to the point yeah just, i, I want to be the ruler of the world yeah, yeah. it's just crystal face yeah one world order yeah Done. that's it Sorted. that's my thing no. lovely goodbye why not <laughs> why not um yeah no nah, so thinking about the future i don't know like i don't really think to too far ahead but 
I have very vague wisps for the future. Well, I really want to keep building stories and building the mm. idea of the universe, this, this other little world. Because I haven't really done that. So I'm, I'm working on it. I'm not where I want to be. The other thing I kind of want to, I guess, future would be having a warehouse and having a few people helping me out with yeah. selling and, and all that. I don't know. I don't really think of it mm. really too much. I probably should think about that more. Come up with a plan. Yeah, let's uh, yeah. see what happens and, you know, and exhibitions and art and make art and... So when things. would you like to have your exhibition? When are you aiming for that? I don't know. I don't know yet. Um, I've got to get everything framed and printed, mm. and that will take a while. Thinking, I'm thinking either end of this year or next year. It depends on how things go. Because, yeah, it's, it's, I got the quote for the, the big <laughs> duality <laughs> picture, the 9A1s. It's quite a lot of money. <laughs> so, like, anyone want to sponsor me? <laughs> yeah, just, just give me, like, you know bit of money yeah just a million a million bucks be nice yeah <laughs> yeah would you hold it in sydney do you reckon or would you hold it somewhere else yeah i was thinking of doing sydney and melbourne mm. do like a little tour thing yeah sydney melbourne maybe brisbane i don't know see what happens mm. definitely maybe sydney america. and melbourne maybe america maybe somehow throw money around yeah yeah if i got <laughs> a million bucks i may as well yeah. if i'm the leader of the world i'm sure i could you've do you've got that. it all at disposal yep. yeah mm-hmm <laughs> So if people would like to follow you on the online realms, where shall people go? So basically I've got the same at thing for yep. all of them, which is at Mr. MR Crystal Face. Yeah. No spaces or anything. MR Crystal Face. Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. I've got a Facebook group, which has been good. Oh. That's the art of Mr. Crystal Face. Um, that's great. What do you great for Facebook. Group? Just share things and talk to people and i I share a lot of limited edition artworks and things for sale on there yeah it's nice it's nice to build a little community Mm. um yeah tiktok instagram facebook does dances on tiktok oh yeah all my (laughs) all the tiktok dances yeah yep yep got my my makeup doll face on (laughs) acting very talk show hosty Mm. yeah i can see it yep i'll download tiktok solely for that (laughs) Well, thank you so much for making time for this little Oh, no, it's been great. Yeah. yeah Thanks so much for having me. And yeah, it's mm. been really fun. Yeah, it's been so lovely to hear about your life, your realms, oh. and the story. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Awkward endings. I never had an end. I'm just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening to episode 16 of Making Magic Real. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and if you feel like sending me a message, sharing on socials, sending David a message, leaving a star rating or review, that would mean the world and just keeps the podcast spreading and sharing all these incredible stories. I'm so excited for all the upcoming episodes and hope you're having a magical day. Much love, Julie J. See you soon.